Hey, hey, good looking. What you got cooking? We're back, baby. Back in black. Really in a weird mood. We're back with another edition of the DNBR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. Mike and Virginia are a husband and wife team with over 15 years of financial service experience. Now, if you're wondering, are the rates really as good as you're hearing? You got to call them right now because these rates, they're incredible. Mike and Virginia, they're here to make the refinancing process as simple as possible. The great thing about them, though, they're going to be honest with you. The truth is that refinancing, it's not necessarily right for everyone. Mike and Virginia, they'll run a quick analysis and honestly let you know whether refinancing is going to be right for you. If it is, though, Mike and Virginia potentially could save you hundreds of dollars a month, maybe even thousands of dollars over the course of the lifetime of your loan. Who doesn't want to save thousands of dollars? Seems like a no-brainer to me. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com, that's dnvrmortgage.com, and enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. Most importantly, get set up with a free consultation to discuss all of your options. Since your home is likely to be one of your largest assets and your mortgage your largest debt, they believe it is vital to consider your full financial picture when purchasing a home. This includes considering your short-term and long-term planning goals, your investments, your tax situations, and more. Mike and Virginia will work tirelessly to find the best solution for you. Get set up with a free consultation at DNVR Mortgage and enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat only at dnvrmortgage.com or call Mike directly at 970-412-2472. That's 970-412-2472 or visit dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Cool, 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 cool. Happy Monday, everyone. I hope that everybody enjoyed their weekend, all things considered. Obviously a rough showing against Boise State, and the focus of today's podcast is kind of going to be just what I want to see from this Rams team, you know, in these final games. There there have been some great moments. There have been some players that have shined through these first three games. But there's definitely a lot of room for improvement, and I'm just going to kind of go through all of that. Before we talk about that, though, we got to talk about a familiar face. Bobo. Mike Bobo. Bobo's back, baby. Now the interim head coach at South Carolina who fired Will Muschamp over the weekend. Now, for, for anybody that's been following South Carolina, and I certainly have, more for Colin Hill and Adam Prentice and, and less for Mike Bobo, but been following them nonetheless. Not surprising, not surprising at all that Will Muschamp was fired. Maybe a little surprising in season. It's not like they've been completely incompetent or anything like that. They've been, you know, competitive against just about every opponent that they faced and you know, they've actually won some big games. They upset Auburn on the road. First time that's happened in like 50 plus years, so there there there've been some good moments. It's just been wildly inconsistent. I think it's been super frustrating for the Gamecocks fans because they were kind of hoping that the the team would maybe take a step forward this year. And really, they, they've kind of just been stuck in limbo. It's been a really weird, weird spot. So now Muschamp is out and Bobo's in. If you're Bobo, it's probably not the worst situation in the world, you know. 
it, like I just said, everybody expected that Muschamp would probably be gone after this season. Because of that, likely that Mike Bobo would be gone too. He kind of came because of Muschamp. I, you never know. I mean, he could get retained, especially if it ends up being somebody that he has a connection with that ends up landing the South Carolina job. But kind of with what I talked about yesterday and in, in the Utah State situation, a lot of times, you know, when when you hire a new guy, he's going to want to bring in his own dudes, his own staff. You don't want that awkward power struggle of, you know, some guys responding more to the old coaches and other guys, you know, responding to, to the new guys, especially with, you know, coordinators and head coaching positions. It's not always, you know, it's not, this. nothing is absolute, you know, look at, Colorado with Darren Cheverini. Shiverini, can't pronounce his last name to save my life. Chev, you know he he's now survived multiple coaching staff, so it does happen. But if you're Bobo, it's it's kind of an audition of sorts. I think that's what Kevin Lytle of the Colorado and you know how he phrased it. And I think that was very astute because at the end of the day, Bobo's probably going to be somewhere else next year. Now you have a chance to kind of put something on tape, either as a head coach in the SEC or, you know, maybe he'll land a another coordinator gig somewhere else. Just getting this opportunity, it's better for him than if they were to go through the whole season with Muschamp and then just fire everyone. At, at least, you know, Bobo can maybe, you know, put himself in a position to kind of make himself look pretty good. He's got a chance to face Georgia, got some winnable games in Kentucky and um, Missouri this weekend. So, I don't know, there's an opportunity for Mike Bobo to kind of prove, hey, I'm a, I'm a pretty good coach still. Things didn't really work out at Colorado State, but maybe I'm I'm worth taking a flyer on. They could also go the opposite. You know, they could totally crash and burn and look absolutely awful, and then that just validates every bad opinion that a lot of his biggest critics have of him, you know, which is basically that he's better suited to be an offensive coordinator than a head coach. I, I still believe that down the line, Mike Bobo probably will be a successful head coach somewhere. I'm not sure at the P5 level, but it wouldn't surprise me if, I I don't know, I'm just this spitballing here, a school like Tulane or East East Carolina or something like that. I don't know, something something in the South. I could totally see him having success in his second stint. It, it happens. You know, we see coaches, they learn, they grow. They adjust. Lane Kiffin's a good example of that. Crashed and burned a couple of times. Now I think he's probably, in terms of the the up-and-coming guys, I'm not sure there's a coach anybody would rather have in the SEC right now. So definitely interesting. You know, something for Ram fans to kind of keep their eyes on over the next couple of weeks. I'll definitely be interested in in watching that, that Georgia game. Man, what a weird situation if you're Bobo. You go from being offensive coordinator to now taking over. Honestly, if Bobo does well, especially with who knows what's going to happen with Georgia moving forward, a return to Georgia, you know, next year wouldn't be shocking. Bobo and Kirby are tight. It could happen. I could see that. I could also see him potentially ending up at Tennessee. So there's there's a lot of different options. It's, it's just definitely going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. But that's probably enough Bobo talk because I think a lot of Ram fans are kind of just boboed out after the last half decade. And with how they performed against rivals, I can't really blame them. So let's talk about CSU. Let's talk about the Rams. Let's talk about what this team has to play for moving forward.
Before we get into all of that though, week 10 of football is in the books and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week 11. There's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app. DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't miss offer for all new users. All you got to do is sign up and when you do, you can earn a sign up bonus of up to $1,000 using the promo code DNVR. DraftKings Sportsbook has endless ways for you to bet, from live betting to betting on your team's favorite players. They do it all. Don't worry if football isn't for you. DraftKings is giving all MMA fans who sign up now the chance to triple their winnings for any bet placed on UFC 255. So if you haven't tried out DraftKings, head to the App Store now. You're not going to want to miss it. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code DNVR when you sign up for your chance to get a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. That's the promo code DNVR for a deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All new users with the promo code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus. Deposit bonus requires 25 times play through. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Alright guys, it is Monday afternoon and we actually recently just finished the virtual press conference with Steve Adazio. So before I get into some of these takeaways that I have, um, I'm just going to kind of briefly talk about what we learned in the press conference today. Um, first, first things first, Patrick O'Brien expected to be the starter against UNLV. Um, that's the quarterback position, obviously a big focus for the fan base moving forward. Everybody wants to see how the reps end up shaking out. As of right now, plan is to play both guys, though. So O'Brien is supposed to get the start, but Adazio says he still intends on playing Santeo, so he always intended on playing Santeo in the Boise State game as well. Didn't necessarily, you know, intend on playing him the entire game. The, the game kind of got away from them a little bit, and with just the way things shaked out, it, it ended up being kind of wonky. But as of right now, the plan is to see both. That said... They also said that before Wyoming, and we only saw Patrick O'Brien, so it could be an instance where if the passing offense is rolling early, it only ends up being Patrick. If you know they stutter a little bit, maybe they try and give Santeo a couple of series. I will say, and, and I said this after the Boise State game, I didn't feel like Patrick was the problem in that Broncos loss. I know it wasn't his best performance by any means. I I felt like he missed a couple of throws, but Overall, I mean, the interception was bad, but it wasn't like he was the reason they were getting thumped. I mean, you give up 21 on special teams. It's basically impossible to win. So it'll be it'll be weird. I don't I don't really get the point of playing both right now. I know it's a wonky season and with eligibility not counting, you do have some more flexibility than you would have in a typical year. I just I'm not sure that I believe that it gives your team the best chance to win long time now. If if O'Brien is your your lockdown starter and it's just established that Santeo is going to be a change of pace guy, kind of like Taysom Hill is in New Orleans, that's a little bit different. Right now, though, it, it still kind of feels like, you know, Santeo could potentially steal the job away if he impressed the coaches enough. And I don't know, like I, I, I don't think he's as bad of a passer as maybe a lot of Ram fans think, especially after that Fresno State game. But I just don't know if he, I don't know if he brings enough to the table 
you know, arm talent wise to really give this team a chance to stretch the field as much as you should be able to, you know, with the speed that you have at wide receiver. So it's it's weird. I mean, I'm I'm not a football coach by any means, but that's kind of my thoughts on the quarterback position. Um, yeah, should be interesting to see how that shakes out. On on top of that, I asked about Marcus McElroy, said he hopes to, you know, have him back. Not a hundred percent sure yet, said he did get dinged up a little bit in that Fresno State game. Obviously hoping to get Toby McBride back, Marshawn Cameron as well. But Adasio is pretty honest. He's like, look, you can I'm gonna know more throughout the week, but I'm probably not gonna be, you know, willing to tell you guys. So I don't think we're probably gonna learn about a lot of this stuff until game day. And I don't know. There's there's some gamesmanship there. I, I get that that's kind of how it works. You don't want your opponent to know if you're gonna have your stud guys or not. I get that. I just think it's frustrating for the fans. And then definitely, you know, for me as a content creator, it, I wish I could definitively be like, look, this is who's going to play. This isn't, this is who isn't going to play, but 2020, man, that's, it's where we're at. So we keep on rolling. That's all we can do. Special teams, obviously a big point of emphasis for the entire team this week. You know, I think Adazio was pretty embarrassed to be honest about how that played out. And he probably should be to be, you know, just being frank, keeping it, 100 as the kids would say i i try to be fair with my criticism but man i've never seen a special team's performance so woefully just disappointing so completely unprepared so i I don't think it's going to be a common theme you know special teams really wasn't an issue for the rams in the first couple of games and who knows maybe it was just one of those weird nights a fluke if you will but good that they're emphasizing it i guess like hopefully it it ends up being a you know, hopefully we see the results this weekend. Cool, cool, cool. Now that we've covered that, um, let's kind of jump into what I anticipated talking about today, which is just kind of where we're looking for improvement, you know, down the stretch. You know, I tweeted the other day, there's still plenty to play for. You can win all your home games still. You've got two remaining knock on wood, you know, assuming nothing weird happens there. You might have a chance to beat Air Force. Not sure it you know the with everything going on there i'm not sure if that game's going to happen or not i kind of feel like it's not going to happen but we'll see um if if you get that game you have a chance to beat another rivalry i mean they've really dominated csu over the last 20 years that's another big you know opportunity you could reach and win a bowl game that would be exciting haven't done that since 2013 made a couple of bowl games but haven't won one at some point you know you'd like to see that happen again so there's plenty to play for still Definitely no reason to throw in the towel. With that in mind, these are kind of some of the things that I would like to see. Starting with the rushing game, and actually, the the rushing game wasn't as bad in that game as it maybe seemed at first. Through three games, the Rams are running the ball about 40 times a game. They're averaging 125 yards per game. If you're not great at math, that's about three and a half yards a pop. Not awful, not great. Now, to an extent, the numbers are kind of skewed because Vivens is averaging about five yards a carry, whereas McElroy's averaging about two yards a carry. As your team, though, you'd like to see it more about four and a half, five yards a pop. You're not going to be able to do it every single game. I just would like to see the Rams get that rushing game going a little bit more consistently, whether that's McElroy, whether that's Vivens, Christian Hunter. I mean, we finally saw him in the Boise State game. He looked explosive. It was garbage time, but looks like he could, you know, run hard, bring something to the table. Herndon, you know, we haven't seen the freshman yet. Maybe we get him on the field. Jalen Thomas, if he ever gets healthy. They got to get this ground game going. And I want to see the Rams rush for at least 200 yards in a game. Right now, they're averaging 125. 
Give us one truly dominant performance on the ground. All right, keeping things on the offense, I would like to see some of these other receivers get worked into the mix a little bit. Right now, Ty McCulloch, Nate Craig-Myers, and EJ Scott have combined for 12 total catches, zero touchdowns. You need some of these dudes in the mix. It can't be all on Trey and Dante, or the offense is just going to continue to be wildly inconsistent. You lean, lean on those dudes. Let them shoulder you know, the burden, but you have to figure out how to get some of these other dudes in the mix or... I just don't think you're ever going to find that consistency that you're looking for. The one thing the Rams have been very consistent at, though, protecting the football. Only two turnovers in three games. you got to keep that up. That's been awesome. Look, the the lack of consistency in terms of the offense and, and scoring in the red zone and installing and all that, that's been frustrating. But they protected the football really, really well. And to an extent, that's, you know, maybe why some of these drives are are ending in punts because, you know, they're they're just not taking any unnecessary risks so protect the football maybe take a little bit more chances i will say o'brien's interception in that boise state game not great but as a whole i've been impressed uh, with all these guys with how they've just valued their offensive possessions that's big we do need to see them improve in the red zone that's something that i've been talking about consistently was a problem once again in that boise state game you just you gotta take advantage you know you gotta take advantage defensively The big thing is just going to be limiting big plays. It's weird when you look at the numbers because CSU actually hasn't given up 300 passing yards in a game yet, and they've only allowed four passing touchdowns. I mean, that's not great, but it's not absolutely awful. It's, you know, the plays between the 20s that seem to be killing CSU this year. It is good that they're not necessarily giving up all those long touchdowns. That was definitely a problem in 2018. The big plays, they were always, you know, housed. But still, just way too many explosive plays, in particular through the air. Uh, The Rams have been a little thin at corner. You know, Marshawn Cameron went down in that Boise State game. You hope to have him back. Keevan Bailey didn't play in that one. Not sure if that was injury. I, I, you know, assume it's injury related, just given he went down at the end of that Wyoming game. But you never know for sure in 2020 with contact tracing and everything else. They just, they need these, they need the secondary to step up. They've got a lot of young guys playing. And because of that, it's, you know, there's going to be some highs and lows, but you need a little bit more consistency there. The last thing I'd like to see from the defense, I'd like to see them force a little bit more turnovers. I've been really impressed with the front seven. I think the linebackers have lived up to the hype. I think the defensive line has been stout. You know, they've gotten pressure. They've gotten after the QB. I'd like to see a few more turnovers go your way. That was a huge factor in the Wyoming win. I think it'll be continue to be a factor for this team. You know, they're they're figuring it out on defense. It's, it's going to be a process. It it was never going to be a thing where they come in and immediately it's fixed, especially especially given how little practice they actually got to have and and full pads and you know I'm just I'm I'm trying to be realistic with my expectations all year, guys. That's that's the big thing. And if if you take anything away from this podcast, it's just that look, there's there's enough talent on this team to where we should expect them to be competitive. And for the most part, they have been. Boise State was an ass whooping. It happens. At the end of the day, though, it's, you know, new staff and new systems and everything is so weird. So few, you know, they've gotten so few reps as a full team, even since they've come back. I mean, leading up to that Fresno State game, you had receivers playing running back and true freshmen that are never going to see the field, you know, taking reps at offensive line. And it's just a weird, weird, weird spot, but they're figuring it out. Now I'd like to see them really capitalize over these last four games, 
you know, assuming you play four games, if you do three games, however many it ends up being, you know, win three or four, two or three, however many it ends up being, go undefeated. That'd be awesome. Upset San Diego State. But win the home games, man. Win the home games, especially. They're there for the taking. Go get it done. Give the fans something to be excited about. That's what you got to do. And I think there's a, a good opportunity to, you know, this is a team that they can't overlook and will obviously you know, preview UNLV in, in more detail over the ne- next couple of days. But I think there's an opportunity for some wins there. So that's all we've got for today. We'll be back with more content throughout the week. Make sure you keep up with all of the written content. Download the Discord app. We love to talk with and interact with CSU fans on there. And check out the store. You know, we've got the got the new green and gold Border War inspired shirt, Absolute Fuego from D-Line. Make sure you go check that out. Words, stay safe out there, y'all.